It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. This month's sponsor of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent, integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit this month's sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Welcome to 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program on Third-Party Risk Management. In the month of July, I'm going to consider risk management of third parties in an operationalized compliance program. Today, we're gonna introduce the topic. As every compliance practitioner is aware, third parties still present the highest risk under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. You must assess whether the company has a business rationale for needing the third party, the risk posed by third party partners, including partners' reputations and relationships, if any, with foreign officials. Under the Department of Justice's 2020 update to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, it's noted that prosecutors should analyze whether a company has ensured that contract terms with third parties specifically describe the services to be provided, that the third party is actually performing the work, and its compensation is commensurate with the work being provided in the industry and the geographic region involved. Prosecutors should further assess whether the company has engaged in ongoing monitoring of third-party relationships, be it through updated due diligence, training, audits, or annual compliance certifications by the third party. The 2020 update devotes an entire section to third-party risk management, and I'm going to go through the questions posed. Under risk-based and integrated process, how is the company's third-party risk management process corresponded to the nature and level of enterprise risk identified by the company? How has the process been integrated into the relevant procurement and vendor management functions? Under internal controls, how does the company ensure that there is an appropriate business rationale for the use of the third party? If the third parties were involved in the underlying misconduct, what was the business rationale for utilizing the third parties involved? What mechanisms exist to ensure that the contract terms specifically describe the services to be performed and that the payment terms are appropriate and that they are described the contractual work and compensation is commensurate with the services rendered? Under management of relationships, how has the company considered and analyzed the compensation and incentive structures for third parties against the compliance risk? How has the company monitored third parties 
How does the does the company have audit rights to analyze books and accounts of third parties? And has the company exercised those rights in the past? How does the company train its third party relationship managers about compliance risks and how to manage them? How does the company incentivize and compliance and ethical behavior by third parties? Does the company engage in risk management of third parties throughout the lifespan of the relationship or primarily during the onboarding process only? Under a section entitled Real Actions and Consequences, does the company track red flags that are identified from the due diligence of third parties and how the red flags are addressed? Does the company keep track of third parties that do not pass due diligence or that are terminated? And does the company take steps to ensure those third parties are not hired or rehired at a later date? If Third parties were involved in the misconduct at issue in an investigation were red flags identified from due diligence or hiring the third party and how were they resolved? Has a similar third party been suspended, terminated, or audited as a result of the compliance issues? A well-designed program should apply risk-based due diligence to its third party relationships. As the DOJ has noted, the need for and the degree of appropriate due diligence may vary based upon the size and nature of the company, transaction, and third party. Prosecutors should assess the extent to which the company has an understanding of the qualifications and associations of the third party partners, including agents and consultants, distributors that are commonly used to conceal misconduct, such as the payment of bribes to foreign officials in international business transactions. This means your compliance program must have a process for the full life cycle of third-party risk management. There are five steps in this life cycle, and we're going to take a deep dive into each one of these during this month. The steps are, number one, business justification. Number two, questionnaire to third party. Number three, due diligence on third party. Number four, compliance terms and conditions in your contract, including payment terms. Number five, management and oversight of third parties after the contract is signed. I continually refer to my mantra of compliance, which of course is document, document, document. Each of the steps you take in the management of your third parties must be documented. Not only must they be documented, they must be stored and managed in a manner which you can retrieve them with relative ease. The management of third parties is critical in any best practices compliance program. As you sit at your desk pondering whether this assignment given to you by a CCO can be done, take heart because there is clear and substantive guidance which you can draw upon for this assignment. So what are today's three key takeaways from July 1 introduction? Number one, use a full five-step process for the management of third parties in any best practices compliance program. Two, make sure you have business development buy-in. And three, operationalize all steps going forward by including business unit representatives as part of your gatekeeper function. I hope you will enjoy reviewing the third party risk management process on this edition of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program? I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic in innovation and compliance. 
Thanks again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.